0: to the first, well, kind of first episode of Sunday Afternoons are for Apollo. Um, this is Akash, and I've actually had a large hiatus recently. Um, I'm pretty sure this would be the first time, um, you all will be hearing from me in, uh, probably months, maybe longer than that. Um, so to restructure a little bit. Um, back at college, actually, um, I started just actually almost exactly a month ago um, is when I started college. So um, it's it's been an interesting time. Uh, I have only four courses this semester, but three of them are labs. So, um, I mean, labs meaning they're all science courses, biologies, so it's kind of difficult, but... Uh, I'm managing so far. Um, my weekends have been a little wonky. I don't really have much structure to them, so I gotta work on that. There's been a lot of, you know, self-improvement things I've been trying to um, work on, try to, uh, you know, fix up, pretty much. And yeah, it's it's been an interesting time to say the least. Um, I've kind of wanted to start, you know, doing these episodes again since. I haven't been able to devote as much time for worship recently, and I feel really, really guilty about that, because um, I do love the gods, they're just so wonderful to me, and I'm so grateful that I was able to find helpful in um, in the time that I did, but uh, definitely, it's it's been kind of hard to dedicate time to them, and um, I really hate that it's, I'm, I'm just constantly in such a, you know, chaotic state uh, in my head that I can't really you know, organize my time in a way where I can worship effectively, uh, kind of on a consistent schedule, and also focus on my schoolwork and take care of myself. Um, this is kind of the time for, you know, time management, though, in college, so it's one of the skills i got to work on and try to um, refine, but this is, I think, going to be one of my biggest um, dedications of worship, um, and specifically because we're talking about Apollo, so, you know, there's that. Um, Big Connections, so I'm trying to use this podcast as a means of, you know, performing worship activities. Um, So I guess I kind of want to talk to y'all a little bit about the organization that I have planned. Um, My first couple of episodes were really kind of all over the place and it was a little chaotic to say the least. So I'm kind of going to go in sections from now on. Um, So the first kind of thing that I wanted to um, discusses the basics of Hellenic polytheism, not really the um, core values or anything like that. That's a little bit more in-depth and I'm not really sure that I'm ready to talk about that since I haven't done enough research. Um, but it's just a couple of different things that, you know, you know, like the stuff that people expect or um, that, that notice are common between polytheistic religions. Um, and then probably an intro to the different deities, um, kind of talking about them introducing parts of, uh, their worship and parts of their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Their epithets, you know, stuff like that. Um, historical worship, how it's, how things are for them, um, any major myths that I can think of, or really think of, but like, that I can remember to enunciate after research. Um, and probably other important beings, the Moirai, the Muses, the, um, Kylie ones, etc. Um you know, the custom of marriages, uh, primor- the primordial deities, uh, magic and witchcraft and stuff like that, um, different different aspects of high polytheism, and I'm gonna start off with the basics just so it's, like, not too overwhelming for any new listeners. Um, so, I guess we can kind of jump into today's topic. So, I wanted to talk about altars, not, like, A-L-T-E-R, which is, like, a different version of something or um, actually let me look up the proper definition of alter so I don't like confuse y'all um, so an alter according to the um, Oxford languages dictionary is a cha- is ch- it's a verb or uh, in this case but change or caused change in character or composition typically in a comparatively small but significant way um, or in other terms, um, make structural changes to a building, plans to alter the dining hall, or to tailor clothing for a better fit or to conform to fashion, um, and there's other forms of alter, um, alter as in, uh, um, I think DID, uh, dissociative identity disorder, um, meaning another, uh, identity within one's own body. Um, I'm not going to go too much into that because I don't really understand it completely myself, so I don't want to mm-hmm. misrepresent or um, misunderstand the topic, um, but this is kind of the general definition. Alter is like a change or an, another version. Um, that's one <laughs> word of uh, alter, but the uh, homonym is a homonym. Homophone, sorry, not homonym, that's that's a different thing, yeah. Homophone. English is such a difficult language, let me tell you. Um, But yeah, the homophone of altar, A L T A R, is a shrine basically. Let me also look up the proper definition for that. Um, A table or flat topped block used as the focus for a religious ritual, especially for making sacrifices or offerings to a deity so that sounds a little violent um definitely it's a very uh anti-pagan view of things that like you know ancient christians kind of used to like talk down and destroy um non-christian communities um i'm not gonna go too much into that either it's a very sensitive topic and i want to do a lot more research before i spew bullshit <laughs> um to say at least so this is kind of, an altar is just, um, like a shrine or a center of worship within someone's home. Um, of course there can be altars anywhere. I mean, there's an altar in a church, um, uh, where it's like the bride and groom come up to, you know, like, come, I think it's to to the altar, right? Is it the altar? I don't know much about Christianity. I'm sorry. I was raised Hindu. I'm just so confused all the time, um, about other, other religions, uh, forms of worship and marriage. Um, but generally an altar is just like a place where you have either idols or, you know, pictures or other um, visible representations of deities um, to which you can make offerings, um, say prayers, do stuff like that. Um, Altars are kind of interesting. Um, So in my family, most Hindu families actually, especially if they're very traditional, We'll have entire rooms dedicated to, and I mean like not like multiple. I mean there could be multiple if it's like a big house, like a really rich family, um, or something like that. But um, generally it's a, a large room, like a bedroom, um, uh, if it's in the U.S. Uh, that would be dedicated solely to the uh, main shrine. Which like usually you can actually buy them like online and stuff. Pretty big wooden structures. Um, they've got, like, little different designs on them. They look very different. It's very particular to one's taste, what you want. Um, and you would have your different figurines. I don't want to say figurines because it's not like toys, but it's like idols and statues and um, uh, pictures of the different deities you would worship in that house. Um, so one thing I've heard that uh, I'm going to go a little bit into, those, uh, you know, Religious culture, uh, just a little bit because it was. I, I tend to mix the two a lot, Hellenic polytheism and Hinduism, so this this comparison is going to come up a lot, I promise. Um, so in Hinduism, there's this, maybe not in Hinduism itself, but there's a very, uh, big discussion on, uh, idols themselves. So one person, there are many, you know, the theolo- open theologians, like religious, um, I don't want to say guides, they're not really guides, they're not for everybody, um, basically like religious speakers, okay, yeah, religious speakers who will discuss different tox- topics from Hinduism and explain them in a way that the modern um, Hindu can understand. Um, one person uh, in, in my community of Andhra, Andhra, Pradesh, um, that's very famous is, uh, I think, Chagandhi Kodeshwaro. Uh, I'm not gonna spell out the name right now because it's gonna take a little while. Um, but he's a religious speaker, um, and he, I think, explained one time that, uh, and my mother told my father this recently um, when they were talking about, you know, the shrine room in our family's house. Um, he said that you're not supposed to have multiple, the- like, uh, idols or pictures of the same deity in one house. I didn't actually know that, my family has multiple of the same god, you know, like, five or six little lingas of Shiva, or, um, several pictures of Satsubhya Devi, or, you know, like, multiple, like, um, pictures of, um, uh, of, uh, Vishnu, you know, it's like, different stuff like that, and it's very common to have multiple pictures, but he said that you're not supposed to have that many, um, right, so it's, it's a very, uh, weird little discussion, it was just a little snippet of... Um, of, the, of my family's practice, but definitely it's, it's a big thing in India to have an entire room dedicated solely to the worship of the gods. Um, now in India, the houses would be constructed a little bit more differently, a little bit more catered to the Hindu lifestyle. They would have a specific room built into the house that was only for worship, nothing else. Like it's not, it's not usable for any other uh, purpose. Um, in America, because we we don't have that, it's a very Christian-majority, Christian-majority country, or it's not, you know, like, my family didn't get the house, you know, built in a specific way to be able to cater to them, to, uh, their faith, so they didn't get anything, any kind of, you know, special construction, (laughs) the, like, things to make the house built in a way they have, that they'd have, like, the shrine built into the house itself, so they had to makeshift a little bit. Um... But that's more of a Hindu thing, right? Where they have large, large areas of the house dedicated to this. And this was a discussion I had with a friend recently in the Gorgonea, uh, Polytheism server that I'm in. I'm actually a mod there, wink wink. Um, <laughs> but, uh, he's actually, uh, ethnically Greek. And, um, I was talking to him, uh, kind of about religious practice. So in Hinduism, there's this thing where, um, your religion is not fully separate from your cultural practices. I know that sounds weird, like obviously it'd be connected, but it's not exactly the same. So in India, um, which started out from the beginning as a very, you know, um, not really the beginning, but I'll say it, from the uh, meeting of the Indo-Aryan people and the Dravidian people from the south, from the north, so a little Indian background history here modern hinduism formed when the indo-aryans coming down from the steppes of ukraine and through pakistan and into northern india met with the existing dravidian people who kind of lived all over the subcontinent i believe when they met they mixed a lot of their um practices and beliefs together and that's how our a lot of modern hinduism formed there's actually some evidence that um some Dravidian root words or words themselves are used in the actual Vedas the ancient scripts or texts of Hinduism Um, and the Vedas are possibly the oldest actually Um, and another interesting thing is that some of the Dravidian uh, looking deities right so uh, best example Krishna most people know him he's the blue man with the flute um, the blue is kind of a, uh, misappearance. It's, it's, it's not intent, it's pretty intentional, I think, but it's basically, um, supposed to intend the appearance of dark skin. Um, and so if you think about it, most people in human history tend to, um, display their deities as they see themselves, right? Their, their gods are shown in the image of the people. Um, so obviously, in the in Dravidian area/south India, a lot of our deities are made with black granite because that's the rock that's available to us, and we want us we want to see ourselves in the deities we worship. In North India, they actually build a lot of their um, idols and statues in white marble. Same thing; they want to see themselves in they want to see their skin color in the deities they worship. Krishna is an interesting case because in the south. Usually made with black granite, so it imply, implying dark skin. Even that's that's actually one of his epithets, nila Megha shama meaning as dark as the rain-filled cloud, right? So nila meaning dark, generally, you know, nila, nila means black, water, and blue, and dark. So it's it's a weird little mixture. Megha meaning cloud. I don't know what shyama means. Shyama might just be appearing, so looking like a dark cloud. So. It's, it's a little bit of a weird conjunction that the North Indians who came down from the Indo-Aryans would worship the Stark's deity when they look nothing alike. So it's, um, that's one of the, that's my understanding that, oh, hey, maybe they connected here. He was actually a South, he was actually a Dravidian deity that was adopted into, you know, the Aryan Hinduism. But, you know, I'm not going to go too much into the history, even though I probably talked about it for like 10 minutes now. <laughs> Kind of shift back on the topic. So, um, yeah, my whole point of saying all of that was just to say that like altars are common in many religions. Hinduism does it really big and dramatic because we are dramatic people. <laughs> um, and uh it's a very big, big, big thing, like in Hindu culture in general. Um, now not every family will be able to dedicate an entire bedroom to their Worship. Sometimes they'll just have like a little closet. Sometimes it'll be like a shelf. Um, it depends on the family, but they will have some form of altar or a shrine dedicated to their deity. Similarly, I know I've been so long, far off topic. I'm so sorry, guys. Like I know you probably did not want to hear all of that explanation, but you know, sometimes I just gotta talk through things and figure it out. So please forgive me for that. But my goodness, sorry. I've been like having a weird digestion thing today. <laughs> Um, but in Hellenic Polytheism, it's a little different, right? So, um, altars are very common. I know in, uh, ancient homes, I'm pretty sure they had some form of altar, um, dedicated to their deities. I'm not sure if it'd just be one or if they had multiple. I have a feeling it could be multiple. Um, but I'm I'm sure it was different based on the family as, as is even in modern times. Um, so in, from my understanding and experience with Hellenic Polytheism, Um, Altars can be many things. Traditionally an altar is some form of idol or picture of the deity in question, Um, some kind maybe like religious items that you'd use to make offerings, whether it be um, the offering bowls and stuff like that, maybe an incense holder and sticks, Um, maybe it's uh, a candle of some sort or some kind of um, like flame in a lamp. Or maybe it's like different crystals or stones you've collected for them, maybe it's a collection of flowers that you've, you know, picked up from a grocery store or your garden or something like that. Um, sometimes it can be physical offerings of food that you've made to this deity, um, that could be either daily, weekly, whatever kind of, whatever your practice decides, and um, it could be pretty much anything you want. The only, I guess I'd say, rule is that, um, don't leave, like, rotting things on your altar. Um, this was a big controversy, actually. Um, a friend of mine had left a Hellenic Polytheism slash Paganism server because of this reason, where she had basically said, hey, don't leave rotting food on your altar, right? So, in Hellenic Polytheism, um, and in... Hinduism, actually, too, the altar as a place of worship is to show your respect, dedication, devotion, and love for your deity, right? So if you want to make a space that is intended for the divine, right, and you're trying to show them how much you adore and respect them, would you leave it dirty? Would you leave, like, dust, like, dead bugs? I don't know. I'm just making up a situation. Just go with me here. Um, or, like, rotting food on that place? No, right? Like, that sounds disrespectful. Like, think of it like treating your house... Your, like how you treat a house guest, right? When you're inviting someone to your home, you don't want to give them, like, a dirt... like a plate of, like, moldy food and, like, old, like, disgusting-looking wine, right? You'd want to give them fresh, good food like, clean glasses of water or wine or whatever drink you're giving them, you want to treat them with respect by giving them things that are clean. Because, you know, in the immortal words of some strange, some random person from history, cleanliness is godliness, right? The act of cleaning and removing impurity, maybe not impurity, but removing filth from a space is treating that space with respect. Similarly, don't leave rotting food flowers any kind of organic matter on your altar it's rude it's kind of gross if you wouldn't treat your house guests like that like you know leaving gross rotting like moldy chicken wings on a plate don't do that for your gods either especially like, it's, it's one thing to be like, oh, whoops, sorry, I forgot to take this off of the altar, I'm just gonna get rid of it now, it's another thing to leave it there, because you don't care, right, you, well, I mean, if you were raised in it, that's a different thing, but most people, I think, um, enter the religion, and so you made the act of choice to be part of this, and to worship these deities, or work with these deities, worship, I said work with, I didn't, didn't hear that, um, so if you made the active decision to participate, don't be rude, you know, just, like, common courtesy, um, another thing I, I hear a lot is, like, um, whether or not to have idols on your thing, actually, I don't know if it's a big conversation, but, like, I know for me, um, (laughs) it's kind of hard to find, like, proper fancy idols, um, mostly because I don't have the budget, and I know my parents would literally, like, Destroy me if they found out it wasn't Hindu. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting in that way. <laughs> um, like I can't afford that the the, the really nice idols, and I can't really get them and keep them because it's hard to maintain, and it's hard to like hide because I do I am closeted at the moment. Um, and there seems to be this obsession recently where young Hellenic Poly- or like newer I won't say young I'll say newer Hellenic polytheists. Um, especially if they've entered a space that's, you know, primarily focused on the aesthetic, like the visible appearance of being a Honic Polytheist. They have this weird perception that you have to have the nicest altar, you need to have the fanciest materials, you need to have the best looking space for your gods as possible, or you're not a good worshipper, or you're just, you just don't care about them and you don't love them, which I think is a really horrible way of looking at things. Um, it's not a necessity to have the most beautiful altar. It's not a necessity to, um, you know, have the fanciest items or whatever. It's not necessary at all. I, like, don't listen to anyone who tells you that because they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. I hate to bring up the F word, but I'm trying to, like, curse women, but it's like, so hard sometimes. Um, don't listen to them. Just don't because, like, they genuinely don't know what they're talking about. Um... In ancient times, you know not everybody could afford a beautiful shrine, um, like majestic marble idols. They couldn't afford the freshest fruits, fruits, and flowers, and whatever to offer. They couldn't find really like lovely like golden ornaments and stuff. Not everyone was that rich. And even if they were, um, I'm not sure they'd I mean, maybe they would spend it, but it's, it depends on your faith, right? If you realize that you don't need to have the best to be the best um, worshiper you can be, then you're doing you're on the right path. Like, I promise. Um, I am not in a position where I can buy all these fancy things and still feel comfortable with my worship because I'll feel like I have faked it, right? Because to me, coming from a very Hindu perspective, um, who's kind of like like, almost outgrown my family's view of Hinduism, um, I feel like it's very weak and closed-minded, almost, um, to think that, like, oh, if I don't have all these nice things, I'm not a good worshipper, or, like, if I don't make this specific, do this specific ritual, like, Aries is gonna hate me, like, it's, it just feels ridiculous, um, I <laughs> know that's pretty easy for me to say, because I'm coming from, like, an outside perspective, and I don't have, like, this, really specific view of Hellhole, but, um, just believe me when I say, like, your gods don't care. (laughs) Like, they appreciate you for you, right? Um, they will not abandon or judge or, like, neglect you just because you didn't get them, like, a marble statue or whatever, right? Like, it's, it's only a representation of them. It's not them themselves, you know what I mean? Like, the idols and stuff are there for us to visibly, like, observe, it's- it's for our- it's like the human mind cannot easily comprehend that which does not exist in a physical manner, right? Like, we can- we can learn ab- about atoms and molecules and stuff, but the fact that they're so small is kind of what makes it some sometimes- sometimes hard for us to understand what we're talking about when we talk about, you know, like, quantum mechanics or whatever same thing with the deities they're such massive vast beings right I love using the word vast because I think it's perfect They're such vast entities that it's hard for us to sometimes comprehend that we are able to connect with them right and it's why humans because our minds are so I don't want to say close-minded because it sounds funny it's weird it's not true um so unable to comprehend that vastness that we need physical representations, which is, you know, the idols, the pictures, um, whatever else. So, no, you don't need all that stuff. If all you have is, like, a little, like, printed out picture of Hephaestus or Lady Aphrodite or, like, Lady Artemis, that's fine. That's fine. It's really, it really is. Don't worry about it. Um... And it's, it's the little things, right? It's making that daily effort to think of them. It's making that daily effort to show gratitude or love or respect or adoration or whatever else. Um, it's, it's the thought that counts. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's true. Um, I don't have much. Um, a lot of what I have dedicated for my deities is very small. I have a little picture of Apollo in a golden, plastic golden um, picture frame have this, uh, like, jar of, um, stones, each with a name of a deity on it, because I couldn't dedicate anything else to them, I have two little snow, like, glitter globe things for my, for my travels that I've dedicated to Apollo, um, and I have a golden necklace that, well, gold painted, gold, slash gold plated necklace that I got for Apollo as one of my devotional (laughs) items, and then a bandana. That I, veil, that I wear as a veil for Apollo, a lot of it's Apollo focused, but I'm biased, so, you know, um, he is kind of my guide in life, um, so, you know what I mean, it's so, so simple, and I have a couple of candles, actually, one is, like, a blue, um, like, a, a blue odyssey candle from Glade, one is, like, a cashmere woods from Glade, and the other is, like, a gardenia lotus candle, it smells heavenly, guys, I'm sorry, to I fear off top smells really, really good, Um, right, so it's, it's these little things that I think make my worship, and I feel comfortable in it, mostly because it's a little bit more, it's easier to do that, you know, with the costs and stuff, Um, and also because I feel like I'm faking it when I don't, when I have all, like, so many, so many items that I don't do anything with it, Do, do anything, like, to use them in part of my worship, right? If I just buy, like, nice idols and just have them, like, standing somewhere and I'm just like, oh, cool, and then I just go about my day, ignore the gods completely, I'll feel like a faker. Um, not that you need to feel the same way, I'm just explaining my experience. Like, I hate, um, the appearance of worship or devotion when I'm not actually doing anything for them. Um, but like, like I said before, it really is about thought, it's about the consideration and the respect. If you have those and show those towards your deities in a way that makes you happy, makes you feel fulfilled, then that's all that matters. And I'm sure whoever your deities are would, they wouldn't misunderstand you. (laughs) Like, they, they know you, they understand you. They know probably more about us than we probably know ourselves. Um, so it's it's okay to feel un, it's okay to feel a little awkward um, if your altar is not looking the way you want it to, but never ever feel bad that it doesn't look as fancy or as dramatic as someone else's. Like your worship cannot be compared to someone else's worship. You're different people. You have different goals. Maybe for them, it's the aesthetic, it's the appearance that makes them feel like oh i'm really doing something for them like they need to see the physical results maybe for you you just need to feel that love for your deities and it's enough everyone's different and you're allowed to nurture that in whatever way makes you comfortable don't feel you need to go out and buy like 900 dollars worth of items for your deities you don't need to do that as long as you do what makes you happy within your worship as long as you keep your altar clean as long as you keep it you know, structured in a way that makes you feel at peace, and that honors your deities, that's all that matters, and you don't need to care too much about the opinions of those who are not part of your worship, uh, I mean, humans, I mean, I mean, you can worship, hum- I'm not saying you can't worship humans, it's just, like, other polytheists. like, don't, if they're judging you for that, ignore them completely, their, their words have no bearing on how you should live your life, or how you should organize your worship, um, that being said, it's, kind of hitting close to the 30 minute mark, I feel like I've ranted a lot in this, but I hope I got my point across, and I hope that I've helped some of y'all get off some of those uh, worship anxieties about your altars, I'm sure all of them are beautiful, um, and I hope you have a lovely day, I know it's it's been a hard couple of months, maybe years, um, but I'm so so proud of you all, and I want you to know that, these are difficult times, like things are getting back to worse, like, like, back to normal and then worse, it's, it's a hard time to be living through, especially if you're closeted and have to hide your worship, or, um, if you're closeted in other ways, or even if you just have been struggling mentally to go through each day and not, you know, um, lose faith, lose hope, lose motivation, I know I've lost a lot of motivation, um, over the summer, and it was a relief to come back to college, because I could, get back into that routine to help me bring myself up out of that rut. Uh, it was so, so difficult living through the summer, um, and I'm so glad that I'm back here, uh, but I do need to still work on myself. I still need to fix up my weekend schedules, figure out how to organize myself in a way that I don't slump completely and stop working altogether when Saturday morning hits, um, but I know that whatever you're doing, you can do it, and I know that you might feel a little bit helpless right now. Maybe you feel like you can't, you can't go through another day. But you don't need to go through another day. You just need to go through today. And once it's done, take some rest. You know you deserve it. You genuinely deserve all the rest that you need. Um, that being said, uh, don't neglect your health. Like you can, you can do what you need to do but you're the most important person in your life, no one else, I'm telling you, I mean, unless you've got, like, a baby on board, but, like, that's, that's a bit of a different situation, um, and, you know, take care of yourself, um, take care of your space, uh, take care of your altar, and I know that whatever is looming over you right now, it'll pass, it'll pass, and you'll feel free and at peace once you've, gotten over that hurdle, and reach reached the other side, um, so don't lose hope, you're gonna be okay, and, um, thank you so much for listening, um, yeah, I guess that's it for now, Jare Polam, I love you guys, bye-bye!